sharing their NIV, so I'm going to be referencing the NIV tonight, not our typical ESV. <clears throat> Just keep that in mind. Oh, Matthew chapter 10, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 10, we're going to look at the verse, read from verse 7 until 16. 7 until verse 16. All right, let's uh, read that together. I'm going to read one verse. You guys take the next verse. Here we go. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Do not take along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Right, if you got your ESV, uh, stay quiet. All right. NIV people, that's nice and loud. Whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person there and stay at his house until you leave. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. I tell you the truth, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on that day of judge on the day of judgment than for that town. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. All right, we're sending these two teams. And um, I've been on a lot of missions teams or a lot of mission trips. And I've seen a lot of missions leaders. And uh, hallelujah. We're going to have fun with this one. We're going to have fun with this one. I think uh, it should be really interesting. Uh, Marcus and uh, Myung Hwan is going to be the first time leading. For our brother Marcus, it's going to be his first time going on a missions trip. All right, hallelujah. Hey, that's, that's just the way God does things sometimes. Hallelujah. And that's kind of like what he did here in chapter 10. You know, Jesus kind of just sends them out. You know, uh, they didn't have much experience. They didn't have much training. God, Jesus just... Gave them authority, gave them some instructions, and sent them out. Hallelujah. Now, tonight I want to just focus on one message and one message only. And I believe this is, a word, this is a word for not just the missions team members, but everybody here tonight that's part of the send-off service. Um, and tonight's message is very simple. It's just the wisdom And the wisdom says, roll with the punches. Okay, that's my message tonight. See, you see, you guys, life is a journey. And it's a journey filled with unexpected turns and twists. A journey filled with factors that you cannot control. A journey filled with people that you can try to control. But you also cannot control. You cannot control their rate of growth. You cannot control 
how they respond. Life is a journey and it's got a lot of unexpected twists and turns. So since life has so many variables, the best thing that we can do for ourselves is to learn how to roll with the punches. This is a word for you guys here tonight. Roll with the punches. Hallelujah. Some of you who are not American may have no idea what that means, right? Roll with the punches. It's like, I think it comes from boxing, you know? You know, if you are a boxer and you come out with a, with, with a particular boxing game plan in your mind and you expect the boxer to come at you boxing one way, but let's say you find out that the boxer is actually left-handed. All right. In that case, your game plan was to fight a right-handed boxer. Now, to fight a left-handed boxer is a completely different story. You got to protect the, the, your, a different chin. You have to expect punches from a different area. Okay. So in that case, your coach at ringside may come in between the rounds and tell you, stop being so rigid. Stop trying to box the way that you had in mind. It's time to roll with the punches. It's time to roll with the punches. I think that's where it came from. Am I right? right. Hallelujah. We just, we just wrote history right now. Okay. Now, for some of you who are going on the missions, the missions trip will be a journey. And much like life, you may proceed with a plan, but don't be surprised by the detours and delays. When things don't go according to plan or they don't go according to your way, don't grumble like the Israelites did. Because what they thought was according to plan, God had a completely different plan. And because they were grumbling, they could not respond with faith. They failed the tests in the desert. They were blinded by grumbling. Hallelujah. And I heard the other day, one speaker said it like this. Grumbling is to the devil what praise is to God. And the devil wants nothing more than your missions team members just to grumble about everything. You know, if you grumble about anything, you can grumble about everything. That's why that grumbling spirit needs to be snuffed out. If you're a team leader, you got to start dealing with that. You got to start binding up those spirits that are operating and then you got to exhort your team, hey, we need to stop the grumbling. If you're a team member, all right, approach a brother or a sister. If that person is getting out of hand, that person needs to, needs to speak, you need to speak the truth and love to them, you speak the truth and love to them. Especially if they're a leader. God will speak through you. Hallelujah. You'll be like a Nathan to David. But sometimes we got to step in and say, hey, the grumbling needs to stop. When you're grumbling, you don't know how to roll with the punches. You just complain and criticize everything that comes up. Now, when your leaders during this trip, they forget something and they will. Don't be quick to criticize. Because the measure you use to judge 
Believe me, brothers and sisters, it will be used back upon you in a future situation. God has promised it. That's why he tells you not to judge so quickly. I'm telling you right now, if you give your leaders a hard time, later on when God calls you to leadership, you will have a hard time. And you will begin to think, hey, this is kind of familiar. <laughs> okay, It's exactly how you treat it and criticize your leaders. The measure you use, it will be measured back onto you. So when your leaders don't have everything together, when they forget something, don't criticize. Intercede. Pray for them. Encourage them. Let them make their mistakes. Who made you police that you got to correct everything they do? Leadership Hallelujah. Leadership is formed through grace. And a person who makes a lot of mistakes, there is a hunger for grace. But a person who's not allowed to make mistakes, who's always getting corrected, you know, that person just feels like they got to do everything right. They got to do everything right and legalistic and get, get all that kind of spirit. Hallelujah, brothers and sisters. Let's start learning how to roll with the punches, especially when we see our leaders exhibit their inexperience. Now, it's like this. Um, Last week, the Philadelphia Eagles lost. All right. They lost a very crucial playoff game that would have gotten them into the Super Bowl. And I, I was very confident that you know, McNabb and, 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 and the Philadelphia Eagles will be able to easily defeat the Arizona Cardinals. But they lost. Now, when you look at the game, there are a lot of factors in the game. But toward the end of the game, you can tell what factor really contributed to their loss. Okay. It was due to some poor throwing by uh, Donovan McNabb, our quarterback. All right. And so I even found myself doing this. All right. I was there over at Tim's place with Pastor David and... And Tim and, and and Pastor David's father was calling every other minute, and 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 Pastor Paul, uh, Pastor David's uh, younger brother Paul was calling, and and it felt like I was with the whole Huang family watching the Eagles game. And at the end, where McNabb threw a couple, he he threw like three bad passes that would easily had them going down the field. I found myself going, man, we need we need maybe we should think about. Getting rid of McNabb. Uh, he's a great quarterback, but when it comes down to pressure situations, he's choked so many times. Maybe it's time for us to look into a, a, a different quarterback. You know, and I, and I talked about that. But I, I realized later on, I was, I was reading some of the um, thousands of comments that Philadelphia Eagles fans posted on ESPN's page. <laughs> All right. There's something interesting one commentator said. He said, All y'all are probably fat, lazy bums sitting on your couches, eating your potato chips and criticizing McNabb. But if you were out on the field and you had to deal with all those many variables and your physical condition, you will realize just how how difficult it was for Brian McNabb to make those passes. You will show him a little bit more grace. You you will understand where he was coming from, but you don't. Why? Because you never step on the field. It's always easier, he, the dude said, it's always easier to criticize from the couch. 
or from the bench than from the field. I think it's the same thing with, with, uh, with sometimes it's like leadership. It's not easy when you're in a position of leadership and the devil's out like a rolling lion, like huge, this defensive tackles, you know, you know, when Brian McNabb's out there, I mean, I mean, Don McNabb's out there and he can't see his backside. Nobody's blocking him. Man, those linemen, when they come, they hit him with like a truck. They hit him with all their heart, you know, all their strength, all their creatine in, in charge strength. And it's like that for a leader. The devil comes at him, blindsides them, comes from the front, from the back, from the rear. When you're in that kind of situation and you see your leaders in that kind of situation, but says, don't be a bench warmer, don't be a couch potato and criticize the leader, right? Cover that leader in prayer. Encourage that leader when they, make, when, when they fall and make a mistake, when they stumble. Rise up and help your team out. What are you really doing? Are you watching from the stands? Are you out on the field? You ready to help out? Especially, I'm talking about these missions team members right now. You guys are part of the team. You guys are on the field. You're supposed to be on the field, not on the bench. Not at home. But that's the way some of you guys come off. You look at your leaders, you see their inadequacies, and you're almost like you're on a couch at home looking at a TV and saying, leader, you're doing this and this wrong. Get your act together. You're doing this and that wrong. I'm not supporting that idea. That idea is stupid. We're all on the bench when you're supposed to be on the field. What about rolling with the punches? What about helping our team leaders out? Grumbling and tearing down your leader or gossiping is going to do zero to help out your team win. Right? We sing victory here. When we go out on the missions field, what are we looking for? A L? A a loss? No. We're looking for victory. Amen? I don't know about you, but when I, when I play, I'm not very, I'm not very, when I'm competitive under high pressure situations, I lose usually. It's just the way God's made it so that I'm humbled. I got to the semifinals of my wrestling uh, championships as a sophomore, and in front of the whole school, I lost. I was supposed to win that match, and I ended up getting pinned. Surprise! It shocked the whole team, because mathematically, if I won, then we would have won the match. But I, lo- I got pinned, and it actually put us in a deficit. Anyway, if you saw me on Sunday, we were doing Wii Tennis, and uh, we looked like, you know, Mike Chief thought I was going to actually help him win, but I was about to say to him inside, I was like, Mike, you don't know my history. <laughs> God, God has a way of humbling me, brother. And, and yeah, what happened? We lost. Yeah. But you know what? Even though I have that pattern, each, each time I step out, right? When I play, I play to win. I'm looking for a victory. Now, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of our Lord. When it comes to ministry, God's given me victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He sets me up for the loss on the field, on the sports and video game arena. But hallelujah, in the spirit arena, may he be giving me that victory. Hallelujah. If I had to choose, I'll always take the ladder. Thank you very much. Well, my sisters, we are a part of a team. We're going out for victory. But if we don't know how to roll with the punches, we're setting ourselves up for defeat. 
Now, when you guys go out on the field and things get bumpy or the leader forgets something, let me give you some advice. Learn to roll with the punches. Don't get so hung up on one detail that you refuse to support or step it up. Just like, man, this is, this is not professional. Oh, this is, everyone's so unpunctual. You know, oh, man, what's up with this? I thought our schedule was supposed to go here. I thought we would be afforded a four-hour nap in the afternoon. Now we got a four-hour revival out of nowhere. And you get so hung up on those details. And you get so hung up on your plan. But all along, God had planned that four-hour revival for you. And with the fire of God, hallelujah, you can, you can tough it out. But you're so hung up that you drag the whole team down. Brothers and sisters, don't do that, please. Learn to roll with the punches. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. And if your leader is messing up or if your fellow team member is doing things that just upset you, right? Learn to love them. Cover over that. It takes wisdom and maturity to overlook an offense, the Bible says. And it's in your best interest to do that because you're a team. You want victory. Now, I'm going to give you some Bible examples. I'm going to give you a lot of examples tonight of people who roll with the punches. This is all biblical. Hallelujah. It's very biblical. Um, look, let's look back on our, our passage here. Look at in our passages. Three ways that I see in here that you can roll with the punches. All right. There's three ways in which you can roll with the punches. Jesus has given us instruction. Look at verse 8. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do you know what I hear Jesus saying there? He's saying roll, roll with the punches. You see a sick person? Well, heal them. Well, what about a dead person? What if they're already dead? Well, you raise them from the dead. Roll with the punches. What if they're not sick? They're not dead. They're just demonized. Well, you cast that devil out. Roll with the punches. You've seen me do these things. You've received it yourself. Freely you have received. Now freely give. Learn to roll with the punches. That's what Jesus is saying here. Hallelujah. And he's not giving us a comprehensive list of everything possible thing you're going to face on the missions field. But he's pretty much giving you the principle. Learn to roll with it. Whatever situation or cards you are dealt, learn to work with that. Respond, being led by the Holy Spirit. Not by your melancholy and I got to do everything in the perfectly spirit. Hallelujah. But according to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, um, let me give you some examples from the Bible of, of people who... Uh, uh, who gave freely. All right, this, this is the principle. This is the first way you can roll with the punches is to give freely. All right. Roll with the punches. Give freely. All right, I'm going to give you an example. Let's turn to Acts chapter 14. We're going to mainly look at Acts because there's a lot of examples in Acts. We're going to look at Acts 14. Let me show you how, how, how this happened. Look at Acts 14 verse 19. Check this out. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. All right, they came out. They came a far distance to do what they did. All right, and they won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. Man, talk about something unexpected. Right? 
Right, Paul did not plan on getting stoned that day. There's a detour here. All right, but look at how Paul responds. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up, went back into the city, and then the next city, and then the next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. All right. In brief, what did Paul do? He rolled with the punches. Look, he's trying to reach this one city. They stoned him to death. They didn't do a good job. Or or there must have been a miracle because they thought he was dead. And he gets up, goes back into the city and says, well, I better roll with the punches. If I stay here, they might try to do this to me again. So the next day he leaves for Derby. But you see what Paul is doing here is when he got stoned, he didn't say, oh, I better put a stop to my ministry. Oh, I better stop doing. If I'm getting stoned, I must be doing something wrong. Now, he didn't think that way. He rolled with the punches, you see. Freely he had received. Freely he had a heart to give. And if this city was not willing to receive him, he was just going to go on and continue to freely give. Wherever the gospel was not preached, he was willing to go. All right. Look at um, Acts 16. Verse 6 through 10. Acts 16, verse 6 through 10. Paul and his companions traveled through the, throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. All right. What happened? They tried to preach in those regions. All right. Well, they tried to preach in the province of Asia, but the Holy Spirit kept them. So what did, what did Paul do? He rolled with the punches. Look here, verse 7. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Holy the Spirit of Jesus will not allow them to. Once again, they make plans, but the Spirit actually stops them. So what do they do? They keep rolling with the punches. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding the guy that called us to come. Preach the gospel to them. Now check this out. God wants them to go to Macedonia. For whatever reason, Paul's not listening. Whatever reason, he's not getting the message. So he tries to go into one town. Paul, Jesus is like, Jesus, God's like, go to Macedonia, but he's not hearing. So the Spirit of God says no. He goes to another place. No. So Paul still wasn't hearing it. But what did he do in the meantime? Did he stop all ministry? No, he kept rolling with the punches. As long as he had the breath of life in him, he was continuing to roll with the punches. All right, and he gets to a certain town and finally direct vision from the Lord. He says, go down to Macedonia. All right, Paul had this heart to give freely. Didn't matter what town, what people he was reaching. He had a heart to give freely. And that's the principle of rolling with punches that Paul exhibits here. All right. Now, if you go back to our original passage, I'm going to have to kind of flip back. I'm going to refer to it two more times. If you go back to Matthew chapter 10, check out what Jesus says here in verse 12. Jesus says, Matthew 10, 12, as you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the, per- if the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. It's the second pr- principle of rolling with the punches. Stay in peace. Here's a person that doesn't know how to roll with the punches. You know what they would do? Go into a town, go into a home, and they, they say, you're not welcome here. We don't like Christians. A person who doesn't know how to roll with the punches, all right, 
they will get really sad, get really depressed, and really despairing. They may stop all ministry, and they will think, man, I must have done something wrong along the way. Man, it must have been my leader's fault. Man, I knew we should have prepared our skits better. All right. and, and check that out. Check that out. Jesus said, if you go in that and they, 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 don't, they don't welcome you, look, you give them your peace and they don't take it, let that peace return to you. What is Jesus saying in, in effect? He's saying, roll with the punches in a way where you can stay in peace. Because you cannot control people's responses to your ministry. In a town, in a home, at a church. Look, we can go to India, we can go to the Philippines. There are some churches that are going to be like, yeah, welcome. Here are all the mangoes you can eat. And we're like, hallelujah. Lord, they've received my peace and they've given me all the fruit that I can enjoy. Hallelujah. And then you may go into another place and they don't prepare you any snacks. They're just like waiting for you. They're, they're waiting for you to do, do something mighty. They are, they're unimpressed. Not very welcoming. All right. And you know what typical team members will do? They will get all like, man, what's going on here? Come on. You know, and they get, they lose their peace and they start blaming people, blaming everything. All right. And they don't, instead, they don't roll, learn how to roll with the punches. Jesus says, if you keep your peace, you know exactly what to do next. Like if you can keep your peace, that's a good place where you can continue to hear from the Holy Spirit. When you lose your peace, guess what? It's your flesh takes over. And you want to bring everything under control. Right? You're, think about it. Even in your training, it's happening already. Right? When you lose your peace, what's the first thing you do? Oh, I gotta, I gotta help, I gotta help Marcus out. Oh, I gotta, I gotta make sure Melha doesn't do that again. And you get into this flesh mode and you start annoying and bugging everybody because you're just, you're just trying to like control everything. And you got three other people doing the same thing and the whole team's just like, this is just, and, and the melancholies are sitting and going, this is, this is division. I don't want to be part of this team. Why is this team so divided? All analyzing everything. Sitting on the bench, hallelujah. But brothers and sisters, we got to learn how to roll with the punches. And one of the keys to rolling with the punches is stay in peace. Let that peace return to you. No matter what situation you go to, let the re- peace always return to you. Keep, stay in peace. Then you know how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the devil go into a place, town, the devil will start attacking because it's a stronghold, you see. You cannot, Jesus said, you cannot go into a strong man's house and just rob him. And demons are very territorial. Right, you come into their town where they got witchcraft, idolatry going on. You got some of those strong occultic demons there. Guess what? The moment you step in, what happens? Caleb gets sick. Brian Wee breaks out in a rash. Right? And you guys go in and you're like, oh man, I, I knew it. I knew we should have taken more vitamins. This is all your fault, Lisa. Lisa, you said we didn't have time yesterday to take vitamins. And look what happened. And the devil's like, ah, man, that was easy. (laughs) They lost their peace with the quickness. (laughs) And all God wants you to do is stay in peace. Pray against those demonic forces. Bind them up. Pray healing over your teammates. And then just minister. Hallelujah. 
Because there's a breakthrough coming. Stay in peace. Check this out. Go to Acts. uh, Keep your finger there. Go to Acts 16. Acts 16. Verse 22 to 25. Acts 16, 22. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates, magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell Look, they're whipped already, and they get fastened their feet in the in the stocks. Now check out verse twenty-five. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Hallelujah! Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Why were Paul and Silas singing hymns to God? They just got whipped. They got nothing to sing about. The Lord put a new song in my mouth. No, he's not. He just got whipped. How were they able to praise God in the prison? All right, nobody's caring for their wounds, brothers and sisters. All right, scabbing up, bugs eating away at it. Remember, there ain't no pesticides in prison. They let them bugs and, and rats crawl around. They probably didn't get fed. They're probably inches from, from what they think is death. But amazingly, in this situation, they kept their peace. For them, they believed that God would either glorify himself through their suffering and death, or that God would deliver them. And they were waiting and ready to roll with the punches, even in that situation. That's why they gave praise to God, because they did not lose their peace. If Paul and Silas can get whipped and flogged, and then put stocks around their feet and put into a prison and carefully guard it. And even through all of that, they can keep their peace and praise God. You can keep your peace and praise God. No matter what happens in this mission trip, no matter what happens in life. Roll with the punches. Stay in peace. All right, hallelujah. Third principle. Go back to uh, Matthew 10. Third principle, Matthew chapter 10. Look all the way down to verse 16. Jesus said, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Hallelujah. Just to give you an audio. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Hallelujah. I like the NIV in this one. NIV takes it. Be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Hallelujah. What? You want me to be shrewd like a, like a snake? No, Lord, far be it from me. Jesus is like, nah. You are going like sheep eh, among wolves. Look, they ain't going to have no mercy on you. 
If you read on, Jesus talks about how they will turn you over to be flogged. What did happen to Paul and Silas? They got flogged. Exactly how Jesus prophesied. I'm telling you, Paul read these words. Paul read these words in Matthew 10. Hallelujah. And Jesus says, look, since you're going out like sheep among wolves, you got to be shrewd. You got to be smart. You can't play dumb. You can't play mindless, careless, aimless. You got to be shrewd. Be shrewd as snakes. You know, ever see a snake come up on his prey? Look, when, a, when if a snake wants to eat, it needs to be shrewd. Snake can't just come up and just be like, Hey, frog, come in into my mouth. It's a party in here. Right? Can't do that. Shoot, snake's got to be real shrewd. And that noise, I think it messes some animals up. They're like, oh, that's a snake. Wait, Whoa, what's that noise? So hypnotizing. And the animal is like, whoa, I think the snake wants to talk to me. And the, and the snake's like doing this little little crazy dance like this. Like, what's up, man? I ain't going to do nothing. Come on. I just want to talk. I just want to talk. I just want to. Bye-bye. Mickey Mouse. A, a snake has got to be shrewd to, to eat. And in that same kind of picture, Jesus is like, you got to learn how to be shrewd. Stop acting so foolish. Stop acting like little children. There's a childlike heart, but there's also a childish heart. Get rid of that. You got to be shrewd as snakes. So check this out, right? Being shrewd is all about rolling with the punches, by the way. Oh, hallelujah. This is a different kind of rolling with the punches. It's like the upper level rolling with the punches. But our brother Paul, oh, he's good at this. Let's turn to Acts 16. Acts 16, verse 3. Check out what Paul does. Paul wanted to take him. He's talking about Tim. Paul wanted to take Tim along on the journey. So he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. What's Paul doing there? Is he obeying the Jewish laws? Nah. Because if you look at his ministry, he stood up for not giving in to those kinds of legalistic Jewish laws. Right? But what is he doing? Why does he circumcise Tim? I'm poor dude, right? He's an adult. Tim's like, hey, hey, Tim, uh, Paul, can I go with you on the missionary journeys? And Paul's like, all right, come on along. All right, come on. Tim's like, yeah, I'm so excited, right? And you know, let's say like, you know, Caleb or, or Dave Pio, you know, they're, they're like, I'm so excited. I'm going to India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, I, 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 hey, brothers, hey, check this out. Man, these Indian people, man, they know you're not one of them. Or they suspect that you're not one of them. But look, here's how, how we can fit in. That's right. Just that. All right, how do how you think Caleb and Dave people are going to respond? They'll be like, what? No, uh, that's all right. Uh, no, thank you. I will stay right here at home. I'm going to work uh, here in my Jerusalem. Uh, I'll wait 
Yeah, Paul, that's not me. Okay, but but you know, Tim agrees. Oh, maybe he didn't agree. Maybe he got him in his sleep. Who? Hallelujah! I don't know. <laughs> but what? Why does Paul do this? Why does Paul do this? Got him. Why does Paul do this? Why? Because he's trying to be shrewd. In effect, he's rolling with the punches. He's like, look, if I want to do ministry in that area, man, I got to get chummy with these Jews. So, you know what? We're going to roll with the punches, Tim. You ready? Tim's like, yeah, yeah. Paul's like, all right, let's do this. We're going to be shrewd about this. They know, they suspect you're a Greek. So we got to make sure you circumcise. I don't even know how how they would, you know, Jews would be like, oh, welcome. Let's see the goods first. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how the Jews did it, but there must have been some kind of verification process because Paul had to do this thing. Right, go with me to Acts chapter 22. Acts 22. Look at Acts 22, verse 22. So as the crowd listened to Paul until he said this, then they raised their voices and shouted, Rid the earth of him! He's not fit to live! As they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the commander ordered Paul to be taken into the barracks. He directed that he be flogged and questioned in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. As they stretched them out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, Is it legal? For you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't even been found guilty. Now check this out. When Paul got stretched out to be flogged. Look, he, he got flogged before. He was not looking forward to getting flogged again. That's one thing. But there's also a second thing. It wasn't like, oh yeah, let me rejoice in the fellowship of Christ. Suffering, do it again. Come on, just flog me. Alright, that's not being shrewd. So Paul, he's like, hold on. Let me be shrewd here. Let me be wise. I can get myself out of this. Hey, hey, Roman soldier. I'm actually a Roman citizen. You can't just flog me without a trial. And that dude, he's a dude who follows orders. And that dude was like, well, you're right. I'll, I will be breaking law if I did that. All right. Paul is very, very shrewd. And if you keep reading, check out in Acts chapter 23. Right. Look at verse... Um, Look from verse 1. Paul looked straight at Sanhedrin and said, My brothers, I have fulfilled my duty to God and all good conscience to this day. At this, the high priest Ananias ordered those near Paul to strike him on the mouth. Oh, snap. Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. You sit there to judge me according to the law, yet you yourself violate the law by commanding that I be struck. Those who were standing near Paul said, You dare insult God's high priest? Paul replied, Oh, my bad, brothers. I did not realize that he was the high priest. <laughs> For it is written, Do not speak evil against the ruler of your people. Oh, that's my bad. <laughs> but check out, check out what Paul does here. Then Paul, knowing that some of them were Sadducees and the others Pharisees, called out in the Sanhedrin, My brothers, I am a Pharisee. The son of a Pharisee. I stand on trial because of my hope in the resurrection of the dead. Now that statement is very pertinent here. Check this out. When he said this, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. 
and the assembly was divided. The Sadducees said there is no resurrection, and then there are neither angels nor spirits, but the Pharisees acknowledged them all. So what ended up was there was a great uproar, and some of the teachers of the law who were Pharisees stood up and argued vigorously, we find nothing wrong with this man. One moment they're like, kill him. Next moment, we find nothing wrong with this man. What just happened? Paul's the whole time just smiling. Shoot as a snake. Got him. All right. Paul was rolling with the punches. Paul was rolling with the punches here. He knew how to be shrewd as snakes, yet innocent as doves. He had a clear conscience before God. Even when he yelled at this high priest without knowing it was a high priest, you whitewash, stonewash, wall! You strike me, God strike you! Hey, that's a high priest. Oh, my bad. But it is written, I shouldn't be talking like that to a high priest. Alright, and he has a clear conscience. You see how he's innocent as a dove? But yet, he knew exactly what to say to bring division among the Pharisees and Pharisees. So that he can be let go. Here is a man who knows how to roll with the punches. But this is, like I said, this is like roll with the punches AP. This is like roll with the punches like PhD level. <laughs> Hallelujah. But for people who are faced with persecution, this is the kind of rolling with the punches you need to learn. This dependence on the Holy Spirit. This digging deep into the wells of your own wisdom and, 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 and kind of shrewdness. Because when you are persecuted, when you, are, when you do appear before kings and priests and kings and rulers, Jesus doesn't always want you to just get flogged. Sometimes he's going to give you the words to deliver you or to flip it around and show you favor. But we got to learn how to roll with the punches. You got to learn how to roll with the punches. Hallelujah. Nehemiah, in the book of Nehemiah, when he was rebuilding the wall, opposition rose up against him. Sambalat, Tobiah, all these dudes, they started speaking against what the Jews were doing. And then they threatened them. They said, man, when y'all ain't looking, we're going to come and kill all y'all. We do not want you to rebuild this wall. So you know what? We're going to kill you. And what did Nehemiah do? Hey, everybody, two weeks postponement on the rebuilding of the wall. No, Nehemiah didn't do that. What did Nehemiah do? He rolled with the punches. He said, hey, y'all. Uh, those dudes look kind of small. They're kind of short. And they're not, they're not that stocky. But uh, they did threaten us, and uh, we don't want to be uh, uh, careless here. All right, if they do, if they do want to make good on their threats, look, check this out. Let's roll with the punches. Everybody, keep building the wall. But some of you, you're gonna build with one hand, and you're gonna have a weapon on the other. And then the threat got even higher. So Paul said, all right, I'm just, I mean, I'm not Paul. Nehemiah was just like, I'm going to station some of y'all just with weapons. Fight for your children. Fight for your families. Fight for your nation. All right. What did Nehemiah do? He rolled with the punches. Now, in your life, in a mission trip, on your journey, you're going to meet opposition. The devil's going to come at you. He's going to threaten you.
But at those times, God wants us to respond not by staying silent. Not always by staying silent. He doesn't always want us to just do what people say or to retreat and cringe back. But God also calls us to roll with the punches like Nehemiah did, like the Apostle Paul did, like Caleb and Joshua. When they went out to spy out the land, they came back and they saw the challenges. They saw the same exact thing that the other spies saw. But what was their attitude? Let's go in. Our God will give us the victory. What were they saying in effect? They're saying, look, there are some challenges, some crazy big people over there. But if we roll with the punches, God will give us the victory. They had an attitude that was willing to go in. Because they were willing to roll with the punches. And brothers and sisters, let me tell you right now. Those going on the mission trip. All right. It's happened already and it's going to keep happening. You're going to meet opposition. Your leaders are also going to overlook things, make mistakes. Your team members are not going to be all on the same page. And sometimes things are going to look divided. You may go into a church and things aren't prepared. You may work with a pastor and that person is just a complete like scatterbrain. All right. And in those times, you will be tempted just to throw your hands up and give up. Or to lose your peace. And complain and grumble. But my exhortation to you. Is remember these words. Roll with the punches. Roll with the punches. Freely you receive. Freely give. Keep your peace. And hallelujah. Be shrewd. Be shrewd. Because God will do awesome things through you. If you would just keep on rolling. Keep on fighting. Keep on going out as the army of God that you are. Let's pray.